Welcome to the Sus Talk Podcast. I'm Susumu Rocky here. Hope everyone has had a wonderful holiday weekend. This episode, I'm joined by a fellow WRHU alumni. We have graduated together. He has a long list of accolades. He was the lead play-by-play voice of Hofstra Basketball, called games for the Long Island Nets. He's currently the sports producer over at News 12 Long Island, and... He's a certified professional trainer working at Orange Theory. Joining me today is Brian Clark. Brian, how are you? How has everything been? That was that was a heck of an introduction. Thank you, Sus. I appreciate that. But uh, everything's been good, you know, just trying to stay busy, occupied, and kind of in the same boat as you and everyone else, just waiting for the madness to end. I feel that. I feel that. So I wanted to have you on this podcast because I, like most people, have, struggle with maintaining a consistent exercise routine or just the general motivation to get out there and just get some form of tone on your body you know and i have seen your instagram stories of the many people that you have helped improving their fitness what inspired you to become a certified professional trainer ah man uh i mean there's a few things but you know growing up i was always overweight um, in college, like later part of high school, going into college, I started to lean out, but more naturally, not because I was working out, just, you know, puberty and all that good stuff. Um, and then, you know, everyone talks about the freshman 15 and I didn't get hit with that. I got hit with like the junior 35, 40. <laughs> so, um, you know, it just took, it just took a few, few moments for me to kind of sit back and think to myself, do I want to treat myself? Do I want to treat my body this way? Or should I, do something about it. And eventually I just, I I couldn't even tell you the one moment that made the light bulb turn on in my head and say, let's get this going because it definitely was a few different instances, different moments that kind of led up to me wanting to change my lifestyle. And then, you know, you bring up the people on my story, on my Instagrams and whether that be friends, family, uh, acquaintances or members at orange theory, it's great to be able to take my journey, you know, and be able to take my input, my education, and uh, be able to kind of project it onto others and maybe help them out. Because like you said, it's really, it's one thing to help yourself out with all this stuff, but it's a whole nother ballgame when you get to actually see someone else's progress that you had a direct impact and kind of making it happen. So just take me to how, you, what what hurdles or what exactly do you need to have to be able to qualify or become certified as a trainer? Well, there's uh, there's multiple organizations and different companies and corporations that will give you certifications based on certain education experiences and all this stuff. I know uh, depending on what and where you go to school for and let's say it's the study of kinesiology, some school some universities will actually make you become a certified personal trainer um as you know i mean you said it in the little introduction you had for me i i didn't do any of this stuff in college i was i was like you i was journalism i was broadcasting i was i was radio i was tv i was wanting to be on the camera and all that good stuff but uh you know it it it, like like i mentioned it just took a turn and i am happy with where i'm at but to get to this point for me it was a little different it was a little harder um and that's not to go against what other people had to go to experience to become a trainer. But for me, once I realized that this is more so the path I want to take and help other people, it was doing a lot of research, talking to a lot of other personal trainers. Because as you know, uh, since my senior year of high school, I've worked at a uh, physical therapy facility called Precision Sports Physical Therapy out in Woodbury. And uh, 
they've they've been great to me and i've met some great people along the way there and some of the personal trainers that use the facility kind of were telling me oh do this do this go to this organization take this course so i i eventually said you know what let's do it and i didn't look at the number i didn't look at the price i didn't look at the time it would take i just said this is what i want let's make it happen and uh i did my own research combined with the advice i was given from them and i had found my way to ISSA, which is one of the the, uh, corporations that will certify you. I did a six-month course, and I became a certified personal trainer. I was through the moon happy, right? And I'm I'm far more educated now than I was prior to taking that course. But to me, there was way more that I wanted. I I think ISSA is a great stepping uh, stepping stone for someone who really wants to get their feet wet in this industry. But um, I wanted more, you know? And I, so I got my CPT, my certified personal training uh, certificate from ISSA. And then I saw someone who is more of an acquaintance than anything. His name is Joe. He's the head coach over at Orange Theory Fitness, Syosset and Rockville Center. Um, he posted something on Instagram and basically was saying, uh, hey, Orange Theory's hiring. And I was like, you know what? Got my certification at that point. I think it was three weeks ago. I'm like, let's, let's see what it's about. Um, lo and behold, I get through the interview process. I now go through a full on week long training course. A week doesn't sound like much, but it's putting your body and your mind to the test. I now am not only an ISSA certified trainer, I am certified by Orange Theory Fitness, which is huge in itself. Um, and then after that, fast forward a little bit to pretty recently, I now am certified in NASM, which is another corporation organization similar to ISSA. So I have two separate uh, personal training certificates. Um, I am a certified water rower professional and I'm TRX stability certified. And I mean, just to kind of briefly go over all of that, all of it falls under fitness at the end of the day. And as a personal trainer who didn't take his opportunity to go to college for this, it really is up to me and me alone to pursue different avenues within fitness. So I'm now just trying to keep adding to a long list of certifications that will just hopefully get longer and longer and longer and just educate myself as best as possible. I, I want to get into the whole, like your process of coaching somebody or a client. <laughs> so as a coach, like when you meet with somebody, what, what is your process in figuring out how best to achieve what they want to get out of the program and what is your philosophy in terms of just executing said goals? Right. Uh, that's a cool question because I, I'm lucky enough where I've been able to, and of course not right now considering what's going on, but when everything is normal, um, I'm lucky enough to train clients individually. However, I, I really primarily focus on what I do over at Orange Theory Fitness and um, there's a huge difference in training a client one-on-one as opposed to training a class or coaching a class, I should say, at uh, Orange Theory. And again, I'm at the Farmingdale location, and I just got to say the members we have there make coaching easy. It's it's just with them, it's different. We are teaching the Orange Theory philosophy. We are preaching the Orange Theory way, which we give a give a 60 minute class normally and it's high intensity interval training you got some cardio in there you got some strength some power some endurance you got a little bit of everything but we get the opportunity to personalize that orange theory way and make it our own but now you want to talk about one-on-one clientele really individualizing someone's program 
I think, and I really hate to sound so generalized because I hate when people do it to me, but when it comes to finding out what will motivate someone, uh, what plan best applies to that specific individual, that's the key. It's, it's being open to the fact that every single person is different. And of course there are facts, right? There are scientific facts that if you do X, then Y will happen. But there's so many little individual moments within X to Y that are different for everyone. And it it all depends on who the person is. As a trainer, it's obviously your job to motivate. It's your job to get the progress to happen, to get them to be excited and get excited for that 30 minute, 60 minute training session. But It's also your job to kind of help them outside of training, because if you don't have that healthy mindset, that that positive outlook to what you're trying to achieve, to what you're trying to do, it's going to feel like a chore. And I tell this to everyone, and it's not me trying to be, oh, this this tough guy, he doesn't want to train me. If I can tell you or if I say to you, if you're not doing this for yourself, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to want to. If you're doing this because you just watched the Avengers movie. And you see guys like Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, and you're saying like, I want to look like that. So people will see me as someone like that. You know what? I'm not going to say it won't happen, but it's going to feel like a chore the whole time. This is an industry. This is a part of your life in terms of fitness that you have to be in it for you, not for anyone else. It's a decision that you make because you want to do what's best for you. You want to feel good. You want to look good. And the only person you should really be trying to impress at the end of the day is yourself. Um, so that's what I try to preach to everyone. And if you don't have that mindset, it's not impossible to be trained, but man, it's a lot harder if you're not thinking that way. Can you go in and elaborate on what exactly the orange theory way is? Cause you <laughs> keep alluding to that and that, and now I'm fixated on that. I, I just want, is there a much more deeper philosophical meaning to the orange theory way? And is, and can you just break that down for us? Man, is there a deeper philosophical way? Uh, You know what? To me, and I guess it depends who you ask, right? But to me, when I think Orange Theory Fitness, that one week I told you about where I had to train to become a coach there, um, we were trained by our regional manager. Um, His name is RJ, and he drilled it into our head, man. He said, I don't care if you can only do a little bit, but if you're not giving it your everything to achieve that little bit, what are you doing, man? So the way I think about it, the Orange Theory way is I don't care if you can lift a five-pound dumbbell over your head. I don't care if you can lift a 500-pound dumbbell over your head. Everyone's got different limitations, different boundaries, different goals they're trying to achieve, right? You have to do the best and the most that you're capable of doing. And to me, that's what Orange Theory is. If you're sitting there and you're going easy on yourself, you're taking it easy because, ah, you know what? It's just not my day. That's not the Orange Theory way, man. Of course, listen to your body. If you're not feeling right, you might want to take a day off here and there, but If you're there, you're there to work and no excuse in the book is going to be there for you when you're trying to achieve your goals and you're taking it easy on yourself. So to me, the Orange Theory way at the end of the day, man, is go hard or go home, plain and simple. And I think we as coaches really have to do a great job to not just drill that into someone's head. We also have to, of course, empathize with people. There are people that struggle to get to their goals. But listen, if you're if you're really believing in what you're trying to accomplish, then that's the mindset you got to have. You got to go hard. You have to test yourself out. And of course, every time I say this, there's definitely people thinking, man, he just wants us to go until we can't go anymore. No, that's not what I'm saying. I want you, I want everyone that I coach to walk into that studio when we open up, when whenever that may be, 
And I want them to know that I want the intensity that they deserve to give themselves. And that's the Orange Theory way, man. You got to show yourself that you're willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish your goals. I I can honestly attest to that because there are times where I would start up any for, like I would say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run this much, and sometimes like the, that feeling kind of sets in, and I that mindset of saying like, don't this can't be a chore. Like you should definitely have the mindset of you're doing this for you, and you need to be motivated to do this. And I struck. I have found that many times I've struggled with that. And mm-hmm. I feel like for other people, it's, like, it's the same way. So what what do you do in terms of when you notice that someone is in that mindset? How do you get them out of that and try to get them up back on track? Right. Uh, like I said, that falls under the whole everyone's different. You got to learn the people you're training. You have to talk to the people you're coaching, whether that be one-on-one training, whether that be uh, an Orange Theory class. You have to learn. You have to. You actually have to be the person – that's not just a personal trainer. That's not just a coach. You have to be a person that cares about the people you're coaching or training because that's what this field really is. You know, I said I got into this field because of my accomplishments, but now I want to be the one to help the other people accomplish what they're looking to actually get done. So when someone's down in the dumps, you just have to talk to them and you have to be open. You have to be honest. You can't sugarcoat everything, but at the same time, you have to find that perfect medium where. You're not going to say, oh, you're sore. All right, go home. But you're also going to have to find that spot where you're not too easy on them either. You got to show them that you care because for someone like me, I truly do about the people I coach and the people I train. But you also have to give them a little tough love at the end of the day. To me, the perfect balance of tough love and caring is what is going to motivate the people that are a little down on themselves because everyone gets that way. I don't care if you're the most jacked person on the face of the earth. You're going to wake up one day. And you're not going to feel like yourself and you're not going to feel like you want to hit the gym. Does that mean take a day off? I mean, listen, listen to your body. If you, if you're physically not feeling it, might be a time to take the day off. If you're mentally not there, well, that's a different story. That's something maybe we can, you know, as a trainer or a coach that we could talk about. And maybe by the end of our conversation, you're going to be ready to hit that gym. You're going to be ready to hit that studio. You're going to be ready to train. So let's move, let's move on over to, kind of like the big elephant in the room has been the the, the madness that you spoke of earlier, you know, and, and yeah. this, the pandemic has set itself in and numerous fitness studios have closed down and are waiting to be reopened. So right. how have you kept yourself in shape during quarantine? It's funny. Cause it, it, maybe in the first couple of weeks of all of quarantine, you're starting to see memes and stuff on social media of, uh, and I know I brought Chris Hemsworth up because I love using him as a uh, as an example. Um, but you'll see pictures of him from Thor Ragnarok where he's this shredded god, demigod person. And then you'll see pictures of Fat Thor from Endgame. And it's like exhibit A of what quarantine could do is the demigod Thor. Exhibit B of not so in shape Thor from Endgame. And I think it's so funny because you of course you're going to have people – that get a little unmotivated and don't want to work as hard. And then you're going to have people that go, all right, well, now I got some free time. Let's hit the, let's hit the weights. Let's get outside. Let's run. Um, and you know what? I, for the first month and a half, I'd say about six weeks straight, I was so probably more disciplined with exercising and fitness and nutrition than I have been in my entire life. I mean, when I say the structure was there, it was crazy. I, I was working out twice a day. I was doing cardio five times a week. 
I was eating semi-perfectly. And of course, that's, that's again, a generalization. There's not really such a thing as eating perfectly, but I was, I was going crazy. And then after six weeks hit, I was like, hmm, is this sustainable? And it really wasn't. Um, it was fun to be able to train like that and eat like that for six weeks. But once that six-week mark hit, I don't know what it was, but it kind of was time for me to normalize the schedule a little bit. I stopped working out twice a day. I started working out once a day. Instead of doing cardio five times a week, I was doing it three or four times a week. Um, and I was listening to my body more. But uh, I really i am thankful for the fact that I have some dumbbells, some equipment, a little universal cable machine in my basement. Um, so I've been able to strength train pretty regularly, not, not able to push myself to the limits like I would typically, but I've been able to strength train and what a lot of people have been doing and I've been loving, and I kind of dipped my toes in it as well is trying something new within fitness. Right. So my, uh, my head coach over at orange theory, his name's Craig and, uh, he he's unbelievable. He's yeah. I give him so much credit because he had his own fitness journey. Um, and now to me, to be honest, completely honest, and this is biased because I'm not just friends with him. I work with him constantly. But he is one of, if not the best coach that I've gotten to work with or take a class with. And um, he started recently getting into some boxing drills, jump roping. And these are things that he never really did prior to all this stuff going on. So that's the perfect example of taking a bad situation and making the best out of it, right? Trying something new. Um, and whether after four weeks or so, he says, ah, well, that was, that was not for me. He, he gave it a shot. And for me, I mean, if anyone's listening to this that knows me, they know and the Orange Theory way includes a lot of cardio. And the Brian Clark way never really included a lot of cardio. So for me, one of my challenges during this entire quarantine has been, well, I don't like it, but I want to get better at it. So I, I've been making it a point to really just improve my my uh, steady state cardio, going for some longer jogs, doing some 5Ks here and there, um, testing myself out, really. And uh, that's that's been fun, you know, with with able to, I'm like I mentioned, able to strength train pretty decently, but been able to also add on a little bit of a new type of training with cardio because I, I for one, never really was much of a person that enjoyed cardio. And I can definitely say I do more, I do enjoy it more now than I did prior to quarantine, which is cool. So that's kind of what I've been doing to stay in shape, some strength training and definitely more cardio than normal. Did you find, do you find that like when you're working on cardio and then you're, you're, you're doing your whole jogging thing. Um, is there, do you just go into like different paths or do you have like a set like pathway you go through? So that, that's kind of funny. Cause I, I run just right where, right where I live with my parents. I run right in the neighborhood. I live in Hicksville and I, I think for the first week, and that's actually a really cool question sus because the first week, I think I ran the same path seven, the first time I did seven days a week. And I ran the same pathway every time. The reason being is I just wanted to see what my average mile time was. There's a lot of slopes, inclines, declines by my house. So I didn't want to change it up too much because I wanted to see where like my average mile time truly was. Um, once I did it for about a week, then I still ran in the same area. But just changing up the blocks I was going down or the direction I was going or maybe doing a little 180 down one block and just redoing that block I just ran. Um, it's really for me. And, and again, I still don't classify myself as a runner. So you, this is a question probably for runners is what do runners enjoy more? Do they enjoy running on a treadmill where they can stare at a screen the whole time and not go anywhere? Do they enjoy running the same route like I did for the first week? Or do they enjoy just running different trails? Um, 
I don't have an answer for that question personally, but I was able to at least mix up the specific route I was running, but still, you know, just running in that same area so I wouldn't lose my mind. Do you have any particular tips to help people to figure out finding or, you know, finding like an optimal way to establish a workout at home when they're not able to go to Orange Theory or any other fitness studio? Yeah, man. Um, and this isn't a plug for myself. It truly isn't. Reach out to those who are certified, to those that are educated. Um, one thing I did when I first got into fitness was really look into a lot of different people online. I looked into a lot of different, not 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 the ISSA or NASM type stuff, but I looked into a lot of different um, fitness influencers online and just their routines. And that got the ball rolling for me. But truthfully, you really need to reach out to someone that can have a one-on-one chat with you, that can talk to you, that can write you up a specific plan for you. Um, of course, you can strike lightning in a bottle every now and then and find that plan online that might work for you, but you're way better off playing the safe game and finding someone that you trust online, whether it be a friend that's a trainer or just someone that's been an acquaintance that also is certified. Um, you find a person like that and you b- believe in them and they believe in you and you trust them. That, that to me is the best way to kind of get a home routine down. Um, and this, I'll even say it before I say it, this is a little bit of a plug, but um, us over on the Long Island side for Orange Theory Fitness, there's been a few of us that have been able to host online classes on Instagram Live or Zoom. And if you're following us on Instagram, then we usually either post the Zoom codes or the times that we do the Instagram Live workouts. So those are open to non-members, members. Those are open to anyone. If you want a good 30 to 45-minute workout that requires little to no equipment, that gets your heart rate up, that gets you sweating, and that makes you feel good, I would definitely say to try that out as well. So this is something that I've always wanted to ask someone about. And I've, I've just wanted to know, like, what goes behind someone that does meal prep? So what is the philosophy that goes behind that? And because this is me personally speaking, I, it's just it just looks like someone preparing the same meal for like a consecutive set of days. But I but I know that I sound very ignorant, but that's I'm genuinely curious, like what goes behind doing meal prep? Because I've seen you do it before. I think you might have been the first the first person I saw like post something about meal prep. Right. Um, so to me, we live in a world that's got so many different resources. It's ever changing when it comes to nutrition. And, um, you know, I'm 24 years old um, and I, I my living situation is I still live over at home and I myself am lucky enough to have access to two kitchens. So my meal prepping is actually on the easier side because I'll literally have something baking upstairs. I'll have something baking downstairs. I, I go a little crazy overboard sometimes. But what's really cool about meal prepping to me is that it sets consistency for yourself. And this is nutrition, fitness, both of these things tie hand in hand when it comes to consistency, because if you're consistent, you'll be successful. And that's that's plain and simple. And that goes for this field with almost anything within this field. Now, the one thing that you're saying about meal prepping, that's so true. And, and this is for me, this isn't for everyone who meal preps, is I get repetitive, man. It's, it's because of a few things. Um, cost effective, that's why I get repetitive. Um, simplicity, because I am not a good cook or a good chef by any means. Even sometimes when I bake stuff or cook stuff, it looks like it's good. I promise you it's average at best. <laughs> but um, I, I, you know, I've gotten to the point where I know what I like and I 
I'm meticulous when it comes to weighing out my food. So if let's say I buy uh buy like five pounds of gro- of chicken breast, I know how many meals I want to make with that five pounds. I know how I want to cook that, how I want to season it. So like for me, you're saying you see me meal prep and I'd probably say like 80% of the time, my main source of protein is chicken breast. It's it's the most cost effective and it's simple, but you'll see other people, you know, and they might have this crazy meal prep where they, they meal prep four meals a day for five days. So 20 separate meals and you are just going crazy with the variety you're making. And to me, that's a headache. I personally don't like that, even though I know I would like to eat more of a variety. I also know that it's not easy and simple for me to do that. So again, just like fitness is different for everyone. So is meal prepping. So the way I meal prep might not be the way someone else would or should meal prep. I just like simplicity and consistency. And this is how I go about doing it. What would you say is like your favorite thing to pair up with like a chicken breast, for example, like, is there like a certain other, like, what would, essentially what I'm asking is what, what is your, what would be your favorite meal prep? Oof, my favorite meal prep. So I think to me, I'm a big dipping sauce guy and I know nobody could see it. I just did air quotes because when I think dipping sauces, I think those fast food dipping sauces that everyone loves. However, and again, I am not a nutritionist, so take everything I say with a slight grain of salt, but those dipping sauces that you get at fast food places are awesome. They taste great, but they are loaded with sodium and tons of calories that are unnecessary in my opinion. So I look to different hot sauces and different mustards because that is really the low calorie or no calorie type of sauces you want. So basically any type of chicken or ground turkey or turkey burger I can make, I'm cool with. So I I wouldn't say I have a specific favorite meal prep, but if it incorporates one of those three things, that means I can throw different mustards, different sauces on it, which means to me, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Um, But you know what? I actually, I'm going to go back on that because I'd say my favorite meal prep is one that I don't do very often just because I don't like to let fish sit in the fridge too long. But salmon, if you give me salmon and quinoa and lima beans, and I know people are just, their faces are turning inside out. They're like, this guy likes lima beans. But yeah, I love salmon, lima beans, quinoa. Uh, Give me that all day. That's probably my favorite uh, high protein meal prep for me, I would say. I think anyone that hates on vegetables now at this point, especially if you're like, if you're, if you're our age, I I don't know what you're, what, what's going on. I mean, because True. for like the longest time people would say, oh, Brussels sprouts are disgusting or they're wrong. I'm like, no, that they're actually really good. If you know how to cook yeah, them man. properly. That's the thing is you just got to learn what works for you. You got to cook it the way you want it to be cooked. And you also have to take into mind that if you're meal prepping and you're like me and you want to keep it simple, then maybe Brussels sprouts aren't the answer for you because if you want to have the 30, 35 minutes it takes to throw them in the oven, chop them up, put some oil and salt on it, I promise you that's going to taste great. But if you want to do the microwavable steam fresh bags, which I love because you put it in the microwave for five minutes and it's done, it's not going to taste as good. So it's all about how you want to make that food. That's going to really be the decisive move for how you want it to taste. That is true. And finally, just so I can wrap this all up, I just want to ask you kind of a, you know, more of a future question. Do you feel that fitness centers or studios that like everything will be able to get back to normal once we eventually find a vaccine for to end the pandemic? 
Yeah, man, I 110% think it will get back to normal. When? That's a question I have no idea about. Um, you know, I, I'd love to just be the optimist here and say, oh, dude, let's let's get this going next week. But you know what? To me, I know people that are high risk. Um, I know of people that have been directly affected by this terrible virus. I, and as someone whose literal job is being put on hold because of this virus, I still don't think it's the place for us to rush back until we all feel comfortable, you know, um, feel comfortable, feel safe. But yes, a hundred percent. I think that when the time comes that we can all pick up where we left off, we could all kick it into another year. And if you're someone that maybe wasn't even doing fitness and you've thought about it now that you've had some time to consider it, man, get into it. Once we get back to normal, I promise you, we are all going to be – and this is speaking for trainers and coaches. And if if you don't agree with me as a trainer and coach, that's fine. But I know that a vast majority of us, whether it be an Orange Theory coach that I know or whether it be someone that does personal training for individuals, we are all beyond – I would say over the moon excited to get back to this stuff because doing it online, it's great. It's fun. We love it. We can still motivate you. We can still give you tips and tricks. But, man, when we get to see you guys in person – and we get to say what we need to say and do what we need to do to make you guys feel motivated to get you to the place you want to be in terms of your goals. I mean, it's I, I and I apologize because some some of the stuff I'm saying sounds super cheesy, but that's the way I think, man. And I can't wait till we all get the chance to kind of just get back to normalcy when it comes to training and getting coached and taking these classes and all that fun stuff. So in so while in between, like in quarantine, you've been in between working out and keeping up your fitness and helping, you know, teaching people through online, whether it be Zoom or Instagram. So -hmm. what have you been like watching? What have you been, anything in terms of like entertainment or even, or sports? Is there anything that you decided to go back and watch? Yeah, man, that's actually a great question. I, uh, I, the second I found out that, you know, I was, I was unfortunately going to be unemployed, of course, unhappy. I wanted to be, I want to be working and through all this, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to nerd out harder than I've nerded out in a long time. I rewatched Dragon Ball Z. I rewatched Dragon Ball Super. I'm currently rewatching Naruto Shippuden. I'm already on like episode 380. Um, I'm, I'm, when I say I'm going full nerd out, I'm not talking like superhero geek nerd out. I'm talking anime nerd out. And I'm, I, I gotta say, I, I'm not someone that enjoys sitting in front of a TV for hours on end. And I still don't, even though I love watching what I'm watching. But... I can't deny that I've definitely been sitting on the couch in between workouts or after a workout for a few hours watching episodes on episodes of this stuff, man. I really can't get enough. That That is awesome to hear. I, I was, uh, I found that, you know, through this, through the quarantine is that you find different things to do. Like, you know, for the, like the first time I actually decided to go back and watch like old Disney movies. And yeah. That's awesome. For the first time, like, I think this past week I watched like Beauty and the Beast with for the first time in my life, and I'm just Did like you first time ever the the cartoon. Yeah, the first yeah the you know yeah that one the fr- right 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 that's awesome. I it was I was shocked by like how long how quick it was, and I just like wait this was that was an hour and a half. How I thought this was like two. <laughs> it's like a slow two hours. Like you ever see like those movies where it's like a long one and a half hours compared to like a very fast, like an hour. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I feel like when, when you watch like an Avengers movie, it, it feels like it's a long hour and a half. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it does. That's true, because I'll never forget any of the instances where I saw any of the Avengers movies or Marvel movies in theaters. And I'm like, you know, of course, don't look at your phone. Don't be the person to ruin the movie. But you'll take a peek at the phone to see the time. And all of a sudden, Cap picks up uh, Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, and says, Avengers, assemble. And you're like, wow, this has been the greatest hour of my life. And you're like, wait a minute. It's already been two and a half hours. (laughs) So sometimes you're right. Some of these movies just feel like they go a lot faster than they should. It's it's honestly amazing. And just one more thing. I know that, you know, baseball's coming back. Oh yeah. It's coming back and I just Thank I God. have to I have to ask you as a diehard Yankees fan, how what is your seasonal outlook for the sixty games that are coming in? Oh man, as a Yankees fan, I'm happy. I'm excited. I, as a baseball fan, I'm happy and excited. Um is it gonna mean the same? No, it won't, but I got to tell you, and this is funny because I talk about fitness and health and nutrition. I think those three things tie into your mental health and your mental well-being. I have to say, I watched three innings of a Yankees inner squad scrimmage yesterday when Garrett Cole was pitching. And I found myself to just be happier than I had been in a little bit. Because, you know, some people like me, you see sports, you just get this feeling. You just get happy. And that's what I got from watching that little inner squad scrimmage and seeing Garrett Cole lose his mind over a new baseball rule because of the virus. But I, I mean, I'm excited for what the Yankees are going to bring to the table. Um, I hope LeMahieu is going to be able to play because I know he's got the virus right now, but I hope that he's all well and good and that he's able to shake it off and be completely hundred percent Corona free by the time July 23rd rolls around. So he could be, leading off against the Nationals, and maybe, you know, I wouldn't mind to see an extra base hit off Max Scherzer from DJ LeMahieu to start the year off right. But uh, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, like, I like the youth of this team. I like every – there's not really one thing I can say about the Yankees that I dislike. Um, the fact that they're all injury-prone, I guess, is something I strongly dislike. But, man, give me a healthy stand. Give me a healthy judge. Give me, give me a bullpen that's going to stay fully loaded all year long. I'm 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 a happy camper right there just getting to see these guys take the field. I don't care if there's fans in the stands and I don't care if the umpires are as awful as they are every single season. I want to see baseball, man. Um so yeah, that kind of just reminds me cuz I feel like the one thing it's here's how I know when things are are really back to normal when people are just casually just completely throwing stand under the bus. <laughs> it's like I, Yankee fans love to hate Stan. I don't it's get fact. it. It's it's, it's like that fact. that was that trade was so worth it even now. Like you're basically yeah, they dude. just paid thirty cents on the dollar. I don't understand why people are so argumentative of it's like, oh, he doesn't do anything. I'm like, be grateful that they got him for what they got. <laughs> it's it's a guy that people like to hate, and it's a guy that Yankee fans love to use as a scapegoat. Um I mean I during that inner squad scrimmage they flashed his uh his numbers from last season and he played in such a small amount of games and averaged. I, and again, I could be wrong. So if someone comes at me for this, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure he averaged at least if not over an RBI per game for the games he played last year. Like, I, I'm sorry. I think that's pretty, de- pretty decent, right? Like, I mean, his average might be, be dirt low, right? We live in a day and age where the strikeout is more prominent than ever because the home run is more prominent than ever. And you're going to have these guys like LeMahieu be the uh, catalyst that just gets the base hit. But I'd say a majority of the players that you love watching are the ones that are either going to strike out or hit the ball 500 feet. And uh, 
Stanton's one of those guys, man. So listen, you take him for what he is. If he if he bats 240, 250 on the year, and he hits 30 to 40 homers and gives you like, and again, this is normal baseball. I'm not talking a 60 game season, and gives you 85 plus RBIs. He's probably not worth that contract, but he's probably going to make you pretty happy as a Yankee fan, right? That's what I think. I'm I'm also interested to see how I because I got a good look at the the schedule because they did a really good job of keeping everything within region by region. Mm-hmm. So now I think that was good. Yeah, every single they face their divisional opponents, but they also face instead of in AL like the AL Central AL West, they face the NL East instead. Yeah, yeah, and I think for like any team in the NL East to the AL East, you you have it pretty tough, man. Other than like the Marlins, the Orioles, um, the Blue Jays could go. I think the Blue Jays are the biggest wild card team that could be because I think that young team could either demolish people more than anyone gives them credit for or they are going to be awful. So I think that if you're in the East, whether it be ALNL, good luck because you're facing DeGrom, you're facing Garrett Cole, you're facing Max Scherzer, you're also facing Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, J.D. Martinez. You're facing some of the top bats in baseball. Like, What? And I'm sorry, guys. I know I'm going to get heat. And yes, Juan Soto can't leave him out either. I I can't wait. Now you actually got me thinking. It's like so. This all the matchups that we could see, and then I, I'm. It kind of it's crazy. It, yeah, it's crazy. And I just it just made me completely forget about the fact that the Red Sox completely just decided to, to send Mookie away. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's tough. I, I mean. Mookie, I'll never think of Mookie as anything other than a Red Sox. I, I wonder what he'll do with the Dodgers. But he's one of those players, and that this could be completely based off of social media, but I get that vibe that he's going to play in L.A. for the 60-game season, and he's leaving right after it. And that's just the vibe I'm getting, and I have literally no factual evidence to back that up. Um, but I, I don't see him being a Dodger for more than one year. So I, I'm curious to see what happens after this year with Mookie Betts' contract. But yeah, you look at the Red Sox. They have J.D. Martinez still, you know, huge bat. Benintendi's going to bring the heat. Um, Devers, Bogarts, a couple of the better hitting left side of the infield you'll you'll see in baseball, to be honest. But, you know, no Chris Sale, Tommy John. A very weak bullpen. A very weak starting rotation, in my opinion. So I think they have some of the power and the contact and the slugging in that lineup. But I, I, don't, I don't see that any of their pitching is going to compete with, and this isn't speaking from a Yankee fan, this is speaking from a baseball fan, I don't think they'll compete with the the likes of the Yankees or the or the Nationals or the Mets or the Braves. I don't. Know, I just don't see it happening. What would you say is like the general prediction? Are you, I'm a, I'm assuming you're going Yankees first place, but would you say what would you say that their win total is going to be? Oof. Um, and again, this is hard because of the fact that you play teams like the the Nationals, the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies. Um, I think it's tough to say because the, and of course the Rays are always going to come out and have our number, but when I say our number, I know when people hate that I, I don't play for the Yankees, but I, I could see that this, this, this could be like a, a 40 and 20 team, maybe hopefully better than that. I, I truthfully don't know the ratio to like what matches with like a 90 win season. I off the top of my head. Um, but I, I, the, the question to me that any Yankee fan has to answer is, is this roster better than last year's roster? And I think the answer is super duper simple. Yeah, it is. I'm going to miss Didi Gregorius so much, but you can't deny that adding Garrett Cole doesn't make this team better, right? So I think gaining Garrett Cole in itself is insane. 
I, I just I don't think that in terms of the AL East, I don't see any team being better than the Yankees. Now, you want to bring the NL East into the picture. I think it does get competitive between these three teams. I think it gets competitive between the Yankees, the Braves, and the Nationals. And I think the Mets definitely have a shot. I'm not saying this to appease Mets fans. I think in a 60-game season where it seems like the Mets always die out around that all-star break, you know, they always start the season off hot in a shortened season. If they can keep that hot streak going for just 60 games, what's from stopping them to make the playoffs? So I think the Mets are probably, to me, within this whole East situation, they're probably my fourth best team out of out of what we got going on. So to wrap everything up, is there anything anything else you would like to plug? You know, just anything to get the word out, let people know what's going on in your life. Yeah, man. Um, I am still 110% going to be coaching my butt off at Orange Theory Fitness in Farmingdale when things get back to normal. So if you've never taken a class, man, come on down, take a class with me, get your butt kicked for about 60 minutes and leave that room wanting to come back. Cause I can tell you that's probably what's going to happen. Um, otherwise in terms of fitness, nutrition, health, uh, I'm here to just chat it up. If anyone's ever got any questions, I mean, I'm an open book with this stuff. I'm uh, obviously you can hear through this interview that I, I don't stop talking about this stuff. Like I am annoying when it comes to living the product living what I do. And I think that's how you have to be in this field. Um, so please, anyone's got questions. They've got, um, things they want to talk about, discuss. I w- I'm all ears. I'm always open. Um, my Instagram is at Brian underscore Clark underscore 17. Um, so hit me up, let me know what you guys need. Let me know what you want to talk about. I'm always there, but yes, come take a class with me when we get back to normal. I'm going to be there on the mic kicking everyone's butt. You know what it is. Orange Theory Fitness Farmingdale. Come through. Experience the electric factory. Now, if that doesn't get you sold on getting out there and, you know. And just doing it. (laughs) I love that. But, man, I can't thank you enough for having me on. When I got your message the other day to get this opportunity to talk about fitness, because this is truly the first time. I have uh, I've been on a couple accounts here and there. This is my first, I would say, interview regarding fitness and health. And I, I couldn't be more grateful for you giving me that opportunity, Sus. So thank you so much for this. And I would love to come back anytime you'd have me. And whether it be about Yankee baseball or running on a treadmill or lifting a dumbbell, you let me know and I'm, I'm always open to talk. Thanks so much, Brian. I really appreciate those words. And that is going to do it, everyone. Do not forget to follow this podcast on Spotify as well as Anchor.fm. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will see you guys next time.